Hi, welcome to the Recovery Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Miller. I'm a stroke survivor and grateful recovering alcoholic. Today, I wanted to talk about the amazing shopping spree day I had. So I uh, got to go shopping in a very creative way today. And I want to thank my niece. And I know that you're listening. I love you so much. And please tell your roommate and best friend that the feeling is also uh, directed towards her as well. Um, So these young women took me to the mall, being someone who cannot browse for her own clothes online or in person. They sat me down in a corner in the, uh, in the store and they went out and found me outfits and shoes and belts. And I sat in the fitting room and they just brought me clothes like batch after batch of their arms full of clothes. It was so amazing. It was so much fun. I got tons of clothes. I think I had four gigantic bags of clothes that we left with today. So I'm going to be the most stylish, uh, disabled person never leaving the house in the world. (laughs) That's what I am. So uh, anyway, it was a lot of fun, and I want to talk about um, just some of that experience and how that, you know, I navigated that today um, with my impairment, and I wanted to talk about some other stuff that I did today and how I've been feeling. So uh, that's what we're going to talk about. So, but first of all, I want to talk about why I'm able to do this, you know, Um, the only reason, and I need to always come back to that as, as a person in recovery for both alcoholism and my stroke, I need to always be reminded and reflect on the fact that the only way that I'm able to have this kind of experience in my life right now is because I'm putting so much time into my mental health and my recovery. So um, although my vision is still the same as far as not being able to uh, really walk long distances even, um, aside from all the other stuff that I can't do, um. All of that is the same, but what seems to be changing uh, and growing is my acceptance. Um, It would be interesting to go back now and listen to the first episode. Like, that's what I keep trying to do is go back to this first episode where um, I can hear the distress in my voice, Um, just the, just teetering on the edge of depression and grief and, and all of these uh, feelings that I, I just didn't even understand as I had to walk away from my job. So I'm 
able to do these joyful things because I'm clearing a channel for it. And that's what I'm doing in this podcast. That's why I'm showing up every day uh, for this podcast. And there are sometimes I do it in the morning. Sometimes I do it in the evening. Um, I appreciate my audience being flexible. Uh, But so I did a couple other things today. And I continue to try to grow my network. So This morning, I went to my 7 a.m. meeting, as usual, the huge, and um, it was exciting. There was a gentleman there that I haven't seen in quite a while that I think very highly of, so uh, I got to see him and all of the usual suspects, and then I decided to go to another AA meeting right after that, so this next AA meeting... uh, had to what was a part of another network that I've been um, starting to learn about online. So I went into that AA meeting and I think I was only in there for like maybe a minute and they made me laugh and I'm like, all right, I feel at home. It's like no matter which one I go to, I always feel at home. It just... It, it seems to happen. You know, I have talked in the past about feeling uh, sometimes like it wasn't for me. I think over time, I'm a lot more comfortable going to um, pretty much any of them. Um, I'm sure that I could probably still walk into one here and there that that I wouldn't wouldn't be my cup of tea. So Anywho, I went to this other AA meeting and um, and I enjoyed that. It was a it was a great topic. We were talking about letting go, how to let go, and I can that really resonates me. I talked about my my God box actually, and um, so then after that, after that, I took a shower and my boyfriend and I went and voted which just happens to be at the school right next to my house where I always take my dog. So that wasn't too much of a big deal. I was able to uh, read the ballot and everything. It was, uh, you know, the normal agitation and dizziness and all that stuff. It's fine. I did it. So that felt good to vote. And then after that, I went to, yes, I'm a busybody, after that, at noon, I went to a Toastmasters group. So I had met another woman online who is a stroke survivor, and we just introduced ourselves to each other, had a call for about an hour. I talked about it in one of the episodes. And she uh, said that my story about uh, a stroke and alcoholism was one that she felt was very powerful. So she encouraged me to possibly join this Toastmasters group with her that has a couple people um, that are stroke survivors. So I attended that today just to listen in and see if it's something that I might be interested in. I think everybody can use uh, some time having people tell them how many times they say um in a speech, but 
I don't know. I haven't, I really haven't decided if I want to do Toastmasters or not. I, I've always been intrigued by it. I just am not terribly excited about the format, how you're sitting and talking to uh, this group of people. It just seems a little fake to me. Uh, I, I feel like I would rather practice in real life standing in front of like a gigantic audience. That's what I feel like I would rather do. But that's just me. I have a lot of public speaking experience. And the best, uh, the best and there now I'm very, very much paying attention to my ums (laughs) right now. I the best book that I ever read or advice I ever got about public speaking was from a book called Talk Like Ted. And it was when I listened to that book, I've talked about this before, that I felt like, well, I can learn public speaking just like I can learn anything else. So I'm just going to keep reading books and studying and practicing until I'm amazing at it. That's what I decided. I'm going to do that. So I listened to a bunch of books and Talk Like Ted was the best one that I that I read. I actually should listen to it again. So after that, I went shopping. So um, I felt like this experience today going shopping with them was like nourishing my spirit today. That's what I felt like. It was just, I was so happy, you know, from my, from my head to my toes. I was just so happy. And I really can't, I can't dismiss the fact of why I was able to achieve that level of joy today. So I feel like as I've been working this recovery over the past four months, I slowly have been stopping trying to force my will on this whole stroke recovery situation. Meaning, I feel like, I mean, I know like four months ago, I waved the white flag and I said, I'm done. I'm going to, um, I got to walk away from my job. I've got to rest. I've got to take care of myself. But I still kept resisting. And I still am. I'm still resisting. I think it's going to take me a while. You know, I, I think that I need to continue to uh, acknowledge that this is a life-changing event that happened in my life. And the symptoms that I'm experiencing are not anything to sneeze at. Um, When we were at the mall today, uh, one of them asked me, so what would happen if you looked around while you were riding up the escalator? And I said, well, that's, it's a great question. Um, It's a very complex answer. It's not a complex answer. It's a complex set of symptoms that would happen. And I really feel right now that the migraine injections that I'm getting might be working against 
me getting better. And, and I'll tell you why, because, and I tried to allude to it yesterday, but I don't know if I'm articulating it well. When I move the migraine, the sharp pains out of the picture, then I do things that I normally wouldn't do that would normally cause sharp pains in my head. And so when I do those things, instead of getting sharp pains in my head, which to me seems like they're more of a signal that's telling me, hey, you shouldn't do that. But since I don't have those sharp pains, then I'm, I'm continuing to do it. And what happens after that are the next symptoms. And right now, these next symptoms are, I was telling her, uh, my niece's friend who asked me this, I said, it's like being terribly, terribly hungover, and I know that feeling well, being terribly hungover and, and then riding a roller coaster. That's what I feel like. That's what I have felt like for about three days now, and... I really think it's because some of the symptoms have been removed, so I'm pushing further, and so now I've got new symptoms, and I can feel my brain fatigued, and and I, I can feel that I'm doing things I shouldn't be doing, but... I just, I don't know. I mean, it's like I need help. I need help having somebody tell me what I can do because I don't, I still don't know after all this time. I don't know what I can do and what I can't do. But I have a feeling that most of what I'm doing is stuff I, I shouldn't be doing. But I don't know what to do otherwise because I'm doing minimal. I feel like I'm doing minimal stuff. And, and it's just, it's too much still. I feel like the only time I feel okay is if I'm laying down in bed. That's it. Uh, and I can't live my life laying down in bed. So anyway, my challenges, my frustrations, but I'm trying to surrender. I'm trying to tell myself, you're a stroke survivor, your life is different now. You know, you may not be able to do the things that you used to do ever again. That just seems uh, inconceivable to me. Um, so I still have a long way to go to surrender. Um, but I do feel like I'm coming to a place of hope. And that hope that I'm co coming to is because, 100% because of the people around me in my life. Absolutely. Um, it's my family. It's my friends. It's people subscribing to this podcast. It's any, it's 
anybody who is giving me a thumbs up, like on social media. It's people that are calling me. It's my my ex staff, uh, my team members. They're all going to come visit me next week. And maybe even my boss will come. We'll see. But um, it's that. Like, that is where my hope is living. People are what's helping me keep going and feel like I have something to offer still. And I'm just incredibly grateful for that. I'm it's my niece and and her friend. I hate saying my niece and her friend because her friend is also a person. <laughs> but anyway, uh it's them coming and willing to dedicate a whole afternoon to this old lady, you know, and and pick out stylish clothes for me to sit around the house in. And let me tell you, I don't know if I mentioned this. I did, but I don't know if I mentioned this. They're totally cute. <laughs> totally cute. I'm totally doing a fashion show and I'm going to post it on Facebook because I got so many likes when I told everybody that that I was being taken on a creative shopping spree. So just continuing to expose myself to this level of hope um, around me is building hope within me. Um, so that's why I keep trying to reach out to other people. I don't think in my entire sobriety for seven or so, seven and a half almost years that I've reached out to this many sober people in my life because I need it. I need a whole new level of sobriety in my life because this is like the real shit. You know, this is when you're handling an incredible amount of adversity and you need to stay on the beam and stay, uh, it's almost like I don't want to deplete. I want to keep having overflowing hope so that I can share it and I can bring people with me. So, um, so anyway, gratitude, a uh, lots of lots of gratitude. But I want to tell you what happened with the shopping spree <laughs> before I end. So we went to H and M. So I'm 49 years old, but my uh, fashion interest is like, like I'm 25. Um, so I, good or bad, I don't know. It's what I like to wear. I try to, now I'm not wearing anything that's like super showy or anything like that. Like I'm not going to Forever 21. Um, I have been seen in Forever 21, but I never find anything in there. It's all a little little too risque for me. So I don't even go in there anymore. That was probably mm, 10 years ago, eight years ago. All right, maybe five years ago. Okay, so we went to H&M and um, I just went straight back to the dressing room and I was looking at some undergarments 
while because there's just not a lot of selection so it was pretty easy for me to just look at those while they ran around the store and filled their arms up with clothes that they thought that I would probably like so they they know my style we kind of have the same style even I don't again I don't know if that's good or bad because I'm uh like over twice their age so I don't know. No, no, I'm not over twice their age. I am twice their age. A little under even. Anywho, uh, so they came back with, and I told them, it doesn't matter how much anything is. Just pick it up if you think it'll be cute, if you think it's stylish, if you think it's comfy. So the guidelines were, I want something that's like indoor-outdoor outfits, where I can go to the store or go to the dentist, one of them said, if I if I want in the outfit, or I can stay inside and sit Indian style. That was a requirement. I need to be able to sit Indian style because I am constantly pulling my legs into my body. So I'm always sitting in a ball, a little uh, tidbit about me. I'm always all squished into like fetal position. So, um, so those were the requirements and what I forgot to tell them at first was that I don't like any, I don't like turtlenecks. I don't like anything around my neck and I don't like wool cause it's scratchy. I think that was it. I said, other than that, like just pick, I'll try anything on. It's fine. So they brought me back like a ton of stuff that I totally would not have picked up off of the uh, hangers. I I would not have. So um, I ended up liking probably three quarters of what they brought. And so they were like, do you want us to go back out again or do you want to go to a different store? And they said, we totally didn't didn't look around the entire store. And I was like, go back out, go seek. So I sat in the fitting room while they went out again and brought back two gigantic handfuls again. So I tried all that stuff on and I started, I think again, it was about three quarters of the stuff they brought. I liked and it fit. Um, and then, so my niece's friend, uh, that's her name, my niece's friend, she went back out again. Every time she went back out, she'd bring back more stuff, (laughs) which was awesome. So I ended up getting, I don't know, like five pairs of pants, two sweater dresses, uh, some, oh, a long sleeve shirt, and a an undergarment oh and some socks so tons of stuff and then um so that was fun I was so happy and they were so I was sitting in the fitting room or I was like changing my clothes in the fitting room and I was like kind of eavesdropping I was trying to be really quiet so I could hear what they were talking about and they were totally talking about like me and my outfits and like, oh, I really, you know, I think that that shirt would be really good with those pants. You know what I mean? (laughs) And I was like, that's so adorable. They weren't even like, you know, talking about their own lives when they're with 
you know, their old aunt, they were still talking about um, what we were doing. It was just so sweet. It was just one of the happiest days. So after we left H&M, oh, we also uh, did like a Price is Right guess on how much I was spending. So my niece's friend was the winner on that one. So then we went to JCPenney, and there we got some, I got some shoes, which uh, after all was said and done, I got 30% off, which my shoes ended up being free then in that case, and they're totally adorable. And I got some long sleeve shirts and a cardigan and... Then we took a selfie in a big gigantic mirror and I posted that on Facebook. If you uh, if you are so inclined, there's a picture of us on Facebook sitting uh, or standing in front of all of the bags. So it was just it was a great experience. I think that's it, right? Yeah, I think that's it. And then we left. We didn't have uh, all day. Um, my niece's friend had to go to work, which she uh, did get a chance to buy herself a little something. And speaking of niece, since you are listening, um, you will be receiving some sort of amazing thank you from myself and my boyfriend. Uh, we haven't figured out what it's going to be, but it's going to be awesome. So uh, stay tuned for what that gift is as a big, gigantic, wholehearted thank you for just filling my heart and soul and spirit up today. I'm so grateful for you and all of the times that you come visit me. You do so much for me. Just coming by and taking me to Joanne's Fabrics to pick out fabric for my um, little sewing projects and helping me pick out the the designs and the fabrics because I can't look at them myself. Um, I just love you so much. You've been a huge, huge part of my recovery. Um, and I love you. And, uh, and my niece's friend. <laughs> I love you too. All right. Well, that's what I have for you today. Just a little update on um, how great and joyful my day was. It's nice, so nice to have a good day like this. And uh, thanks for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow.